0: What happens when two sidekicks try to carry a show? Find out next on Ungromp Lenting, something like that. <laughs> And this is Gene, the welcome to unrelenting and Darren, unfortunately, I think he died or something. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but that's all right. We've got another co-host, um, Emeros, how are you?
1: Uh, from America's left
0: coast. This is Ryan. Per- oh, you said that. Yeah. Uh, well, I kind of feel like we've been doing a show for a long time. I don't know. It just yeah, feels that I, way. Well,
1: like. We we kind of do the same show through an intermediary.
0: We do, with, we do, yeah. With, and although with, some people seem to think that he carries all the weight, I I would disagree. I think frankly, it's the well, people that uh, are his co-hosts that carry the weight, and he just well, happens yeah, to be on all these shows. He's
1: not even that interested, as evidenced by the fact that the show that he gets that makes you know five times as much donations as all mm-hmm. his other ones combined is the one he's doing right now at this very yeah. moment.
0: Because he show. has time to do that show, just not yeah. either of our shows. That's oh, yeah, yeah. what it comes uh, down to.
1: Oh, uh, wait so when when I said hey, I you know I'm going to go record a show with Gene, uh, uh-huh. he went ahead and and spilled the beans on on the stream on his R and R show, which he's doing right now. Oh, did he? And now? Says yeah. He said uh, so. Ryan Bemrose and Gene are <laughs> are going to be recording right now, and and I bet uh-huh. that the thing they're going to talk about, and I'm, by the way, I'm making this true now. Uh, uh-huh. I bet the thing they're going to talk about is why. My show with Larry gets more than my show with Darren and my show with Gene. I'm like, well, uh-huh. one of the reasons is you do a show with Larry, you yeah. keep begging he does. The ones He's, for the one for us.
0: That's exactly right.
1: Yeah. Like this week was the lamest excuse ever. He's like, oh, my studio's flooded, uh-huh. so podcast underwater.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, and he dedication? gave me a similar excuse. He he said, yeah, my my studio is flooded, and I spent all this time like vacuuming water and carrying buckets, and so now I'm my back just kills me and I, uh, I can't stand straight up. I have that to be on, vertical on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he did his show on Thursday. Man, I don't I know about this guy. I know. No, that's it's, it's like some people have selective memory. He has like selective reasons Backings. not to do a podcast. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. But that's fine. That's fine.
1: We're way that's more right. interesting anyway. Larry we has are, a better I, voice,
0: we're, but we're more interesting. Well, Larry has a sub audible voice, so I'm not sure who's listening to that show. Cause all I hear is. Oh, I have custom EQ
1: settings I use for planet. Ring.
0: Oh, you do. See, I never, yeah. I never did a custom. EQ. So when well, you just boost all the, yeah. You, you, do you have to transpose everything, the pitch?
1: Everything honestly. below human hearing. I just boost way up and then, okay. uh, okay. And, and you, you run it like with an old school uh, 2.0x thing that
0: doesn't, right well, that doesn't, doesn't do pitch. a pitch shift, so yeah. you have to let it ramp. That makes more sense now. Yeah. So I guess you could actually hear what they're understand what they're saying then.
1: And then you get Larry, who you know normally talks really slow, and then instead he starts talking sounding like you and I, and just like, right,
0: which is like normal speed. People think we accelerate the podcast speeds, but no, this is how no. we actually talk. This,
1: <laughs> well, you you actually tell people to accelerate the podcast speeds. I do. I guess I do. you hate them.
0: Um, I just, I just feel like the amount of information that they're listening to on my podcast, uh, you know, it's, it's, it'd be better if it was fit into less time.
1: Oh, you know, I gotta, I, I I have one of the reasons why and we we were discussing this before the show. Um, I'm, I become not quite as good at going out and finding new shows for the no agenda stream. And the reason is other things going on and my podcast listening time has gone down. Yeah. To the point where there are a few like in the community and I don't want to name names because I really like these people but there's a few people who do two plus three plus hour shows right I like their shows a lot but I just cannot put that much time in but, yeah I mean it, not that I want to give our our co-host Darren any more press, but one of the shows I do catch all the time because it's short is random thoughts. Mm-hmm. It uh, is yeah, short. Any, anything sub an hour, I can fit in. But when, like, when you do yeah. three plus hours, I'm
0: like, I can't. I, I cannot do this. Every no, week. on two X, that show literally takes seven minutes. <laughs> it's yeah, perfect. And,
1: and the whole the whole thing is, you know, there's just there, there's no question, no question about it. No question about it. No question. No question about
0: it. Darren okay. has a particular way of saying. You know, here's the interesting part. He, I do a show with him that's at least two hours long. You do one that I think is comparable. We, we pretty much end at
1: two hours every time we, yeah. like every, so he, every he time we do have, Grumpy Old Benz, we always have a couple of extra stories that we, we just mm-hmm. don't get to because we're like, it's been two hours. We're done. Screw you guys. We're going to shut off
0: And we're both yeah. totally cool with that. But yet by himself, he can't come up more, more than 20 minutes worth of conversation to have.
1: Well, I don't know about your show, but on Grumpy Old Benz, I don't let him talk for more than 20 minutes out of the two hours anyway.
0: That's probably, that's probably about right. I, yeah. I
1: do tend to dominate the show, but I figure, you know, he's got a lot more podcasts. And I, do.
0: I don't think he talks more than 20 minutes on anything he does. Cause certainly on the music thing, that's the most popular and the one that generates him an actual income, uh, where he plays part of the music and makes money off well, of
1: no, it. No, He borrows all of his, all of the, his money-making content is from bootlegs.
0: Wait, well, exactly. So that's literally, he's playing stolen material, uh, to make money from, I mean, I don't, you know, I wasn't I'm, I'm shocked he so. isn't in prison at this point.
1: I wasn't going to say stolen, especially since on the last Grumpy Old Benz, which uh, by the way was in June. Uh, I, I did, in fact, point out that it, you know there is a lot of places where content is being made unavailable, and mm-hmm. I am of the opinion that when a a content owner decides to make something unavailable at any price anywhere, then it becomes a moral imperative to pirate it. I would never Uh do such a thing myself. (laughs) I was going to, that's a pretty extreme position to place (laughs)
0: yourself into.
1: Have you ever listened to my show? Extreme positions are kind of my thing.
0: I mean, yeah, but it's like that, that can have negative consequences too. Oh. Um, Like for example, when I banned uh, CSB um, so that he couldn't read my tweets, (laughs) there's a (laughs) reason that I banned and didn't just mute. uh, block. Block is the word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I, so vindictive. There, there are so, there are people there that, that just become not worthy of hearing me. And and I'm the one taking extreme positions. Well, you're, you're totally extremist. No, like, I'm, I'm like yeah, a middle of the road guy. You're,
1: yeah. You're all a public website. And so everybody in the world can read it except fuck
0: you. Yeah. I've been like, the one like, championing in, I'm the one championing there to be a band tag in the podcasting 2.0 where you can explicitly provide IP zones that you would like to exclude from distribution. Okay. That should be an official standard.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm more of the opinion that the public domain should not be partitioned out into individual fiefdoms. Turns out that Silicon Valley doesn't agree with me, which is why oh, everything public. is a walled garden now.
0: Yeah. I think everything is a walled garden. I think that's been m- moving in that direction for a long time as my, my
1: latest yeah. extreme frustration has been, uh, with open source projects that decide to put all of their communication, including things like change log and documentation on discord. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. That uh,
0: Which yeah. is not an open garden.
1: No, it's, it's pretty much as closed yeah. and cut off as you possibly like. Okay. So here's what discord was made for and still does a pretty good job is you have a little tiny gaming group, your guild, whatever mm-hmm. it is. In fact, yep. In fact, their their servers, which are horribly named because they just abuse the word server and make every IT guy's teeth itch when you mm-hmm. talk about a Discord server, which is nothing more than a, a row in a database that collects a bunch of channels, mm-hmm. but whatever. Their servers were originally called guilds. And right. when they realized that they were going to be getting people who weren't gamers, yeah. they decided to change out the term. It, it's a terrible term to use.
0: Yeah. But the the use no, case, I kind of prefer clan over guild clan works too
1: the use case yeah. that works really well is a, a small group of people you know very you know tight community who wants to have a chat mm-hmm. together like you know even what you and i are doing uh, yeah I, I have recorded podcasts on discord because the audio yeah. quality really isn't bad and it, you know the it's latency is really low I, the i'll audio tell you quality what- is acceptable and the latency is low which is my most important
0: yeah, and I'm on Discord like every day for 8 hours a day. So I oh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's funny. The um for, for what? You're not gaming that much, are you? Oh, you uh, actually you might Uh, I actually am. You are okay, Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I I'm game a lot, dude. But okay. it's um
1: some of us have to work for a living. Some of us I know, even try to podcast for a living.
0: Yeah, that that's not working. That's the a, that's a, the opposite of working actually. <laughs> Uh, unless, unless you're like playing stolen music, um, and then getting paid for it. In and in which case, I guess it's work. But, uh, no, I, I totally share your opinion on discord. I don't like that. They're taking political stances and they have a, in the past, they've actually banned people for stand oh, for, for literally pol- politics. They don't like,
1: Oh, that's, that's yes. Yet another issue. I mean, the, the first ones that I come across are, uh, the fact that it's a walled garden. The fact that if it, so discord is first of all, absolutely. They're, you know, walled garden to an extreme to the point where they are, uh, they will kick you out and ban your account. If they catch you modifying the client, no, they're like Mm -hmm. the app that we provide and nothing else. Well, that app is crap. Uh, Mm -hmm. it is utter shit for accessibility. Uh, it's terrible for people with vision problems. It's terrible for the colorblind. It,
0: uh, who cares about the
1: colorblind? Well, I, I have an opinion, but that's normal <laughs> for me.
0: So uh, they're, yeah, they're, uh, uh, I, I also dislike their app because it crashes games, which is yes. not something you want an app to do that's no, made no, it's for gamers.
1: Not. Uh, it, I, I don't even like the fact that it scans my process list. I, you know, it, if, right. if windows eight had an easy way to sandbox an app and just run it in its own virtual machine without compromising mm-hmm. all of my performance. I would be running discord in that and saying, yeah, go ahead and scan this empty VM with nothing in it.
0: So you know what I do? I run it's my discord on my Mac. Yeah. I was going to say, and, and and then I run the game on the PC. Yeah. Cause the people I'm talking to don't care.
1: No, no, they, they shouldn't. It's supposed to, no. like I want it for voice chat and the occasional text, uh, like mm-hmm. IRC. And that's what it's good at. But what it's yeah. not good at is, you know, it's absolutely terrible for documentation because every, mm-hmm. The only textual place you can put anything in is a, 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 an infinite scroll, ephemeral IRC room.
0: Yeah,
1: which is you know, and what? Well, what's the other communication medium? Uh, oh, oh, video and audio. No, that's yeah. ephemeral. So there's nothing persistent. There's no way to make anything that can be around. Their search function is
0: shit. is bog Total standard
1: shit. Elastic search that doesn't even you know, like you can't. Customized domains—you can't use multi-term mm-hmm. searches. Worth of crap. Uh, no, it, it there. It's terrible for finding. And just this morning, and the reason why this rant even came up is, I was looking at, at an open-source library that I was needing to use for one of my projects, and they had put out a new version. But mm-hmm. the site where they put well, they they put out versions on GitHub, but yeah. there was absolutely nothing on GitHub. Uh, that like they hadn't updated and checked in the source on GitHub. They just pushed the new library
0: Mm, mm -hmm. and
1: I'm like, what did you change? What is different? And the only thing I found was in their README. it said, go see our discord for a change log.
0: Oh, that sucks.
1: And, and you know, their client only has a maximum of 100 guilds that you can ever join clans, Mm. whatever. So I'm sitting here thinking, okay, so if I want to know what the hell you changed, tell me which of the other 800 open source project or, you know, 99 open source Mm -hmm. projects that I've had to join to read their change logs, which ones should I dump in order to read your freaking change log?
0: No, it's, it's bullshit. And I've run across the same thing where there are companies that literally will distribute their, um, like they don't even, they, they may use a, a GitHub, but nothing's documented. And then the links to what you're actually looking for are all through discord. Yeah. It's least. like, this is stupid. You add nothing to the experience. You can put all of that into GitHub so that it's human readable and you know, you can still use discord if you really want to, but don't make me go to your discord just to be able to pull the data out.
1: And and you touched on one of the root problems that that will will inevitably come up with with this company with using this service is that well it's ultimately a problem with anything centralized in Silicon Valley, which is uh, of course why they're all nefarious. Is you're walled in to one company to one client. Uh, They have full hundred percent control over everything that happens in every chat room every client uh you know all there's no there's no control as far no. as we know amongst their staff any any member any staff member the janitor can walk into the discord building and read everybody's private dms because absolutely no, you know or or modify there's no
0: efe- expectation of put- privacy whatsoever yeah. on there and while i i'm a slightly bigger fan of slack over discord for corporate stuff oh, slack has thing, plenty though. of their own problems
1: it's it's ultimately the problem is centralization centralization yeah. brings with it all kinds of problems. And the one that we've seen in the last three years, and I can't believe people are not starting to figure out this stuff out because it happens over and over is canceling is, uh, you know, if I, I personally have had a discord account since before they were asking for phone numbers, which is why discord right. doesn't have my phone number, but. For all of the time that I've ever spent there, for every message I've ever posted, everything I've ever looked at, everything I've mm-hmm. ever read, uh, all I have to do is say the wrong thing once in a private chat with somebody who's totally cool with it. And th- an admin might stumble by and read my private message and say, oh, this guy's right wing. Let's come ban his account and gone. Mm-hmm. Everything I've ever done gone. Yep. That is true of any centralized service that had, it can happen on Twitter. It can happen on Facebook. Like there's no, there's no judicial process. There's certainly no due process. There's no, no, it's, it's really just anybody who
0: happens to 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 be fair, to be fair. It's not not like this is any different than what I was doing in the eighties, running my own bulletin board. If I I didn't like somebody, they get kicked. And, and and then I go to another told. bulletin
1: board with the same uh, on the same open source PHPBB software or whatever you were using.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, software might be the same, but the contents of the downloads was, believe me, very different.
1: And and I could convince my if if the admin was a total douche, I could pray, convince my whole community. Hey, let's go mm-hmm. to this other place that has exactly the same features.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it, uh, the the key being that there was not a central like the play. In fact, the yep. reason we were on bulletin boards was cuz we didn't like CompuServe. Yeah. I, we didn't like Genie. I mean the difference is that you were not
1: the only admin of every bulletin board ever. Exactly. Yeah. So you yep. you couldn't just with one database poke say, "I'm sorry, you're never allowed on a bulletin board again." Wouldn't that be cool though?
0: <laughs>
1: Man, well, I, I, I I mean you would if you had that power you'd use it on CSB.
0: Well, I would have. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you're blocked off of everything for a year. Um, you know, but, but, uh, after a year I restored everything back. I'm like what I can say about what I'm still perma banned on IRC, yeah, which is, you know, now been like a decade, I think. At,
1: at, at least it's been since longer than IRC has been available to hear you tell it.
0: Oh, no, no, it's, I don't like think IRC IRC's was been invented available in
1: the 1970s. And you've been banned from this chat room
0: since I'm not before. banned from IRC. The protocol I'm banned from that particular chat room. I, Only I've been because using it's decentralized. IRC you're 70s. making
1: my point for me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I may be making your point for you, but it's, I'm just saying that I'm a much more gracious person given where I restored CSB. than you know, the fact that certain people banned me, Darren, uh, off of IRC. Such so uh, many years ago. And my understanding is he doesn't even remember what the command is to unban. So there, there that's you go. I'm just banned. He, he, uh,
1: he might not know this and and hopefully he'll never listen to this show. So he won't. Find no, it out, he wouldn't. But, uh, I don't think he has permission anymore. Like oh, I, good. I take away his, his op line every once in uh-huh. a while because, yep. he, you know, because he uses it and we can't have that. So um,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. You know, I was one of the original uh, admins on that IRC before you, any of you all were listening to No Agenda. Uh, so back in the day, I, I don't believe that's true. That's totally true. Uh, um, because
1: because zero net
0: uh, IRC zero did literally not, yep did, he, did not exist before there.
1: I was listening to No Agenda.
0: Well, you you may have been listening to No Agenda, but I wasn't in uh, the you, troll room. You weren't, you, yeah, well, you weren't in just in the troll room, but no, um, you know, I was, uh, I was involved with, um, void zero back when he was still working Ooh, for the vicious. company that was providing the hosting for no agenda. Yeah. Um, and the, well, cause I was also doing a podcast with those guys and, um, uh, so back then, uh, before, well, I, I don't, I guess he technically, he would have already had it up and running because I couldn't have been an admin before it existed. But, um, but he gave me, uh, admin rights on there, like way, way back when this would have been timeline, my I want to say would have been 2010, maybe okay. nine, right around there. I so was... about 13 years ago.
1: Yeah, I was listening to the show back then, but I didn't join the community mm-hmm. until about fifteen.
0: Yeah, and I—I um, I honestly, you know, you know that thinks, whole story, right? That whole backstory. So it's basically Alex and Gitmo Slave and Void and Zero. Mr. Oil. Yeah, Alex is Mr. Oil. Yeah. Okay. Um, they I've were definitely
1: heard. Void Zero's side of the story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. So basically, they had uh, well, Mister Oil put up the money uh, to set up servers to uh, to host No Agenda, and um, uh, he got the you know Void Zero was always like the, the real the actual techie guy. Mister uh, Mr. Mr. Oil, it was mostly a listener fan and, uh, had an income and then get slave, I think was somewhat techy. I think you, I mean, he worked in, in tech, but, uh, he wasn't doing the work. It always, the way I remember kind of joking to void that, uh, you know, he's like the guy, uh, in those cartoons where you have the one guy digging the ditch and then four people standing around telling him what to do. Um, I was kind of, envisioned him in that in that role.
1: And and in but, this in this meme, which person were you?
0: Oh, I was definitely one of the guys standing around just telling okay. him what to do. But I wasn't really because and I Were you the one like, taking the picture? It didn't yeah, exactly. There you go. That's a better way to phrase it. I was the one taking the picture because I didn't have a horse in the race. I was certainly a no agenda fan, but I'd already known Adam by this point. And I was uh uh I was doing a show with Alex uh, with Mr. Royal the, the post, it was, it was essentially the post No Agenda show. This was the after show. So it was on immediately on after No Agenda wrapped up on the live stream. And yes. um, uh you know, initially No Agenda was hosted by Adam's old company. Yes. Uh, and eventually when...
1: I'm pretty sure that was about when I came on. Because okay. I remember yeah. I, I, I was listening to the even then the r s s feed so when I started listening to the show the r s s feed was already maxed out at whatever software they were generating could only list a hundred episodes mm-hmm. and the current episode was one hundred thirty three okay, so I went back and listened to episode thirty three that was the first one I ever listened to yeah, 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 and then went to catch up yep and and then I was just about caught up, and the feed switched out
0: mm-hmm but then you can get access to the first few, right? The no. first 33 episodes.
1: No, I've never, I've never read, listened to the first 30 episodes.
0: Really? You I, can, am, I know are the, archives. I, I, You could download I know, them.
1: I, this is a, a terrible admission to make, but uh, I, I know that I am judging by the number of people who are like listeners since show one. I am mm-hmm. in fact, the only no agenda producer who has not been listening since show
0: one. Oh, that's funny.
1: Everybody else that every single person who comes on says, Oh, I've been listening. I've been listening since show one, listening since show one, you know, show
0: one was, there were a lot of people that say they started when Joe Rogan, as far as I can tell,
1: show one was by far the most listened to episode of the entire (laughs) series to everybody Uh listeners since show one.
0: I, 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 get the funny point you're making, but I I think (laughs) most people these days would say that they started listening when he was on Rogan. I did start listening to episode one because, uh, for a long time prior to that, uh, I was a listener of Adam on the daily source code. Yeah. And then he said, he's going to do this thing with John. And I'm like, oh, I've been a fan of John's writing for many years. This should be good. And it was mostly like, you know, wine reviews and restaurant reviews.
1: Okay. Well, the early episodes had a lot of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it was like restaurants I'll never go to, but.
0: Yeah, they're, they're fancy restaurants usually, but again, this is back in a time where, you know, Adam was, you know, put it in quotes, but he was basically running a company. I don't think he really liked the business side of running a company. He just liked the travel that he got with it (laughs) and the, you know, the, the good aspects of running a company, not all the tough decision-making that's involved.
1: Not, not the day-to-day work. Nobody wants
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um. You know, you know he's definitely been more interested in tinkering, which I think is also where his talent lies. You know, it's
1: funny which is what he's had, doing
0: with podcasting 2.0.
1: I had never heard of Adam Curry before No Agenda.
0: Mm, mm-hmm.
1: uh, I grew up in a a rural part of Washington state where We so never had MTV. We never had cable. Cable TV was was a fancy thing that only people in the city got when I was. a kid. Mm-hmm. And no, what we had was the big ass 14 foot boom antenna on the roof, which every mm-hmm. time there was a windstorm, the wind did start pointing at the wrong direction. And my dad <laughs> would be like, Brian, get up on the roof and repoint the antenna. And then he'd mm-hmm. like yell out there telling me when the picture was good.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so I never saw like MTV was not an experience that I ever had when I was a kid. Uh, obviously never heard of daily source code, but, uh, one of my coworkers had turned me on to podcasts and told me about this show called this week in tech. Yep. And that, that, you know, that was where I got into podcasting because Twit back in the day was actually pretty compelling and it had pretty much everyone worth listening to in the tech space. So I liked it. I,
0: yeah, I like, I like the early days.
1: This wasn't my first introduction to John C. Dvorak on Twitter, but it was the first thing I yeah. he ever did that I liked because I hated his huh. writing. <laughs> yeah, part, of it, oh, really? part of it was, was I was working on windows and he yeah. was
0: always just absolutely destroying windows in writing. see. Um, I would say that's hilarious because what I remember him from was the eighties where he had the back page of Mac user. Or Macworld, one of those two. And it was a contrarian article. So every week or every month when that magazine came out, I would read his article first um, because I would... He's the kind of guy you'd love to hate because every article talked about something new that just came out for the Mac and how bad it is. It was always a very negative on the Mac, uh, pro-Microsoft, anti-Mac kind of article. That happened to be on the back page, you know, the page before the cover, yeah. essentially, of a Macintosh magazine. So it was like the what made it good was while he seemed to be ragging on the topic that the magazine was about, he's a good writer and he was always able to put just enough in there to make you kind of begrudgingly agree to some extent, but still want to fight him about it.
1: He, he is a good writer, and I have to agree with that now, but let me tell yeah. you, when when I put my blood, sweat, and tears into a product, and then he just comes out and mercilessly rips on it. And Did you work way, on Clippy? Was Clippy your idea? Clippy was not. No. Clippy was before my time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wait, the first, really? How old are
0: you? I thought you were older.
1: Well, I'm not over 100 like you are.
0: Well, clearly. I mean, geez, Clippy was like, I was already middle-aged when Clippy came out.
1: Uh, wait, when did Clippy come out?
0: Clippy, Clippy. came out in, in, uh, 98. when uh, windows XP shipped
1: before I was there. The first mm, project okay. I ever, the first windows product I worked on was SP two, which was like two thousand. Oh,
0: okay. Yep. To respect you. Yep.
1: And then, uh, you know, the, the one I really remember was, uh, windows Vista, uh, mm-hmm. with longhorn for a while. and. You know, that was pretty much start to end, a total software clusterfuck. Yep. And we, you know, we tried working on Longhorn. We worked on Longhorn for five years until finally they said, okay, the code base is a mess. And it was because I remember there were, we would have uh like three or four weeks go by where we never got a build from the main branch that would boot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just. Uh, it, it, so they ended up the whole thing runs on DOS what do you expect? Well no, Longhorn was actually, it was really ambitious it was going to be a, a, it was a whole new operating system, it was the first one with 64 bit it was uh, the first one that was completely they got uh, rid of the DOS code base? The, the DOS code base died with Windows ME okay. and good riddance Yeah. XP was built on uh, Windows 2000 which was built on the NT branch mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so not strictly DOS. It was a, a true 32 mm-hmm. bit operating system that was independent of the, like
0: finally got rid of the 640 K memory barrier. So the windows 98, uh, that was still running on DOS though, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, 95,
1: 98 and ME were all mm-hmm. the, the windows 3.0 DOS based. Yeah.
0: I remember all those launches. I um, mean,
1: 95, hid it really well and 98 actually got rid of it. So the only place he oversaw it was in the bootloader. Yeah. But yeah, it was.
0: Yeah, and, I was anti uh, uh, certified back in the day. So I got, I was a Microsoft engineer with anti uh, SQL and. Uh, I never got any of those certifications.
1: Something about being an engineer at Microsoft made it seem unnecessary. Yeah,
0: but, yeah it's what it, it was. Uh, it was really cool though, because I was a Mac guy all uh, the whole time. And my first. I'm sorry. So I was working for a company that was a, a tech company or, a, you know, tech service consulting company, whatever you want to call it. And I was one of the Mac guys. And my boss was a big Microsoft guy. And um, he kind of challenged me because I guess I had a lot of spare time. He says, you know, why don't you take the time instead of wasting it like you are and go study up and take the NT cert with me. Cause he was going to take it at the same time. And I, I said, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll do it. You know, as long as you pay for the test. And so I ended up studying and we both went in to take the, uh, the NT three, five, one, I think it was certification and I passed and he failed. <laughs> and uh you know he works with this stuff every day i i didn't even have a pc i just memorized the book and so hard uh well it wasn't that easy though because they just introduced adaptive testing that was the first one that did adaptive testing with but oh my god you can imagine the amount of shit that he got from everybody else for failing the test that i passed did did you
1: over and over again
0: are you kidding me? I rubbed it in as much as I could rub it until okay, there's nothing more to rub.
1: It's good to be vindictive. So
0: oh know. yeah, especially to your boss. Yeah, like no, your it's, own it's, personal it's awesome. CSB. But did you, then, did you block I, him afterward? Yes, I block exactly. I blocked my boss. Yeah, um, but then after passing that, he's like, "Well, shit, why you know, it's so damn easy for you. Why don't you take the, the other five <laughs> tests and and get your engineer cert?" Uh, so I did that. I took one a month for six months, and then I, I got my Microsoft engineer cert. I did buy a PC in the interim though. So I didn't like purely theoretically pass them. I, uh, once I, I, I did that first NT one, then I actually was curious enough to install my own NT after that. Um, and, uh, start tinkering with it, and really kind of for about a decade switched from Mac to PC as my main operating system. Uh, and it wasn't until 2000 and, it was more than a decade, actually. It was about 2005 that I switched back to Mac.
1: Well, Mac actually got pretty good right around then for a little while until it, when, when uh, it wasn't that the era of like jobs came back and they came yeah, up with It's OSX exactly and, it. Yeah.
0: That's exactly but it.
1: The, the OS X took a huge leap ahead. I, and again, I was, I was at Enough. the competition back then on. We're sitting here watching these OS X versions. That's because it was with, based on Next OS. Yeah, and <laughs> it was We're Unix sitting here based. going like when we're working on Longhorn, which we can't even mm-hmm. fucking boot because uh, the check-in process was such a cluster mm-hmm. that we, you know, the when they when they you know, you know that Longhorn is actually one of the Windows <laughs> operating systems that they, they never shipped. They just scrapped the whole code base. Really, and uh what happened was after 5 years of working on Longhorn which was supposed to be the next thing after Win mm-hmm. or after XP they scrapped the code base entirely went back to uh Server 2003 which was based mm-hmm. on XP SP3 yep. and started from that code base and said okay we have 18 months from now what let's put some consumer features in and ship it because it doesn't matter if we get new features now or not we have to ship a new mm-hmm. OS People are something. not buying XP anymore.
0: Yeah. Been out forever.
1: And so we, we just had to ship something. So they took server 2003. They stapled a bunch, you know, and, and every team in windows got to choose what features they wanted. So of course, mm-hmm. half of them tried to shovel all their longhorn features back into it, but uh, yeah. the, at least management was cutting. So we ended up shipping windows Vista, which was really fe- like, Windows Vista start to finish was about 14 months total Mm
0: -hmm. of
1: development. And that's why it felt unfinished. It didn't, it was six years after XP, but we didn't work on Vista the whole time. That was why Vista felt felt so unfinished. So to go all the way back to my Dvorak story, my first real introduction to Dvorak's articles, like that I really, his name stuck in my my mind was Mm -hmm. when we had this death march Of 14 months of, you know, 12 to 14 hour days over and over again, you know, the, the company was ordering pizza every night for, to bring in because we weren't going home until 10 PM, like a a genuine Silicon Valley style death March. We finally get the first beta out and Dvorak comes out with this article that just tears it up one side down the other and how it's terrible and how this is the end for Microsoft and. And Windows XP was the last <laughs> operating system you will ever use called Windows because
0: this Vista thing is so terrible. I'm mm-hmm. like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> well, you got to remember, this is also the guy that said the mouse is nifty, but it'll never catch on. Yeah, yeah and I learned more about it. He really him. loved OS2.
1: And then I saw him on Twitter, and I'm like, okay, I actually really like him, but it was just such a bad introduction to his stuff. It wasn't even bad
0: because, because the article that he wrote that tore it, he was
1: right. He was right about everything. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And that's, this is what I'm talking about is like, he has a knack of writing things and critiquing them in a manner where he's clearly speaking at the wrong audience, meaning people that are on the opposite side of the argument, but he is putting in enough truths in there to still make them begrudgingly have to agree with at least a part of what he's saying. And I think that he's done that his whole life. He's been the curmudgeon.
1: Oh yeah. I, and at this point, you know, I'm now well, 15, almost 20 years later. I really just want to emulate that. Like I want to be that. How's that going now. for you? It's not, I I don't, I don't, my podcast isn't as successful as his.
0: Uh yeah. Yeah. That's true. But you're not doing it with Adam Curry either. I'm not. I'm How doing, successful do I'm you think John work here? Let's offend people. How successful do you think John, uh, Dwarak's podcast would be sans Adam?
1: I like, think that if, they both brought star power of their own to the show because I came to know agenda definitely because of John.
0: You may have come to know agenda because of John, but I think John has to have a partner, That's whether true. it's talking with Leo or talking with what's his name, the, the money dude, or it's oh, yeah. talking to Adam. Like the, John solo would be worse than Darren solo.
1: Well, I doing my podcast now with somebody who thinks he wants to be Adam Curry.
0: Who's that? (laughs) Darren. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't watch your podcast. So
1: yes, but you're very, you're vaguely aware that I do a podcast two days before the one you do with Darren, with Darren.
0: Oh, oh, with Darren? Yeah. Okay. I thought you were talking about something (laughs) new you were discerning. Okay. No, (laughs) something old. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So yeah, you, you were the, uh, the replacement host for me doing, uh, uh, grumpy old Ben's with Darren. Right. Right. I replaced you on grumpy old Ben's. That's how it worked. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, apparently the original host died or something. I can't remember what. Darren told like me. Something like that. Something to that effect. And the show was dead. And he said, Hey, uh, I don't have a partner for the show. So do you want to come on? I'm like, sure. That's cool. And yeah, then we started doing it. And then they, Darren started getting death threats. There, there I was, was like, dude, what the hell? There was some
1: disagreement about how What's what
0: going right? on here. You know, I, I thought, I thought this guy died or something. What, isn't this why we're doing this show? And he said, yeah, yeah, no, I don't know. He's a dick. And then, um, I said, well, why don't you just change the damn name? We'll to, you know, come up with something better, like just unrelenting or some shit yeah, like that. Wait, You told him to come up with something better and he
1: came up with unrelenting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Better.
0: He, 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 uh, well, better or? than a show that was getting him death threats. Yes, I think so. That would be better. And I told him that after two episodes and then for the next 25 episodes, he kept the old name. And then, and then finally he he got tired of it, I guess, and decided, okay, fine. We'll, we'll publish under a different name now. Uh, the, so, but I guess he's resurrected that old show. I don't know. Well, the funny
1: thing is it was, it was about a year after that event. That uh, he and I were just chatting in the back room during a show. When or like it was during a no agenda on a Sunday, and I had been doing the uh, you know as as the guy trying to put things on the stream. I had been going out to all the podcasters and saying, "Hey, you want to do a live show on Sunday?" And we did actually for about a year. We did uh, the up next live is what I called it, where we mm-hmm. get podcasters and try to get people to go on live right after no agenda. I thought it was very good,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: I was having a bitch of a time motivating people to want to go on Sundays, which is why we don't do that anymore. If somebody asks maybe, but nobody does, Yeah. but I didn't have anybody for this particular Sunday. And I was talking to Darren about it in the back room. And it was probably an hour before uh, John and Adam finished up. And I said, well, you want to just get together and do a grumpy old Benz. And he was like, well, good and so when no agenda went live that morning nobody knew that we were going to do it including Darren and I and we just started up and did the old intro and the old you know the we acted like we hadn't just taken a year off we just went and a lot of people are like wait what is this show Mm-hmm. I, that was just my favorite part about bringing it back
0: was that we brought it back with no fanfare or nothing. It just, Hey, let's go live. That is no fanfare, but you are fibbing a little bit because this did not happen impromptu right on that show. It happened the day beforehand. Cause I knew a day before you guys were going on that it was going to happen. Can you stop? Darren can't keep my his stories. mouth. My story is, he can't keep his open. mouth shut. That might be your story. Sorry. I'm eating a little sushi here. Uh uh-huh. Um, might be your story. It's not the story. It's the one I was trying to push forward as the official narrative. Well, you keep up pushing it. That's that's yeah. fine. Nobody listens to this, so it's, okay. it's all good.
1: I, I mean, mm-hmm. the, if, if there's one thing the mainstream media has taught me, it's that the truth is whatever the official narrative decides it should be. So if I can, if I can push my version of events out there, then that becomes the truth as long yeah. as I say it often enough, right? Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and, as long as somebody's listening, so, and, it's not enough to just say it. Oh. No. See,
1: I'm trying to get you to help me spread my propaganda. And I know nobody's um, listening because you apparently realize- that PayPal payment didn't go through <laughs> shit. Just saying, I know, nobody. I, you know how I know nobody's listening because when you said, Hey, would you like to do unrelenting with me this week? And I said, mm-hmm. sure. Then you said, okay, then let's do it on Sunday. Right. When John and Adam go do an <laughs> <the> agenda.
0: Right. <laughs> well, it, I knew so, I figured it'd be a time when Darren's busy, so he's not going to be around.
1: My podcasting rig, the way I have set up with the multiple monitors, my, my left side monitor always has the troll room. The troll room is absolutely hmm. jumping right now, just going and going and going. And I, hmm. I, I have to, I'm trying to imagine and just decide, like fool myself into thinking that they are all listening to this show intently. That would be pretty funny. Yeah. Um, also, it'd be a little creepy given that we're not broadcasting it. How the hell are they listening?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's no reason that we couldn't have a, a live broadcast going. Just not the same address as the no agenda. We could. I don't. There are other shows on the no agenda stream that do their own And
1: I stream might even have the passwords necessary to broadcast to some of those, but I haven't been given
0: permission. Oh, you do? Oh, I, wow. That's amazing. Hmm.
1: But you're also lazy. I, I'm not only am I lazy, but I also don't actually like abusing power. Huh? I, I, I know I don't give that impression all the time,
0: but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, but also you're lazy. So that's, we'll go yeah, that. that's the main one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how long were you at Microsoft? when did you finally get out of there? Cause uh, we heard about like your early days. I was full time for f- 15 years. No,
1: I was full time for get, just under 10, but including. Well, you must've
0: gotten some decent stock options that amount of time.
1: Yeah, and I've, I've I've of course liquidated them all.
0: Mm-hmm. You know they.
1: Uh, I left in fourteen. Okay, uh, almost ten years ago, and uh, one of the main reasons that I left was they uh, completely after Windows eight, they completely restructured everything for uh, the product that ultimately became known as Windows ten. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the first things that they did was uh they got rid of three quarters of their testers and said Mm. oh devs are now responsible for frontline testing which i knew that's a horrible decision i I, and i knew it would be and i you know got to yell and scream a bunch and they Mm. said nope sorry Uh, you know there's obviously some cost cutting stuff going on but Mm. uh if if you recall if you used windows 10 Windows 10 was the first operating system, and this was really obvious early on, where uh, if you were a user of Windows 10 out in the wild, congratulations, you were their beta testers. Mm -hmm. Because they didn't have any dedicated testers anymore.
0: Tell you what, rock solid now, unlike Windows 11.
1: Those of us who were still there and had been in test were now charged with telemetry and data gathering. And uh, Microsoft, mm-hmm. they, had, they had this idea that we were going to convert into a big data company and Windows 10 was going to use uh, telemetry, aka collecting every piece of information you could possibly want or get yeah. out of the operating system about every user, put them into huge databases and then number crunch in order to mm-hmm. figure out you know, oh, there's a bug here.
0: So they are going to out Google Google.
1: Yeah, that was, that was in fact what they were trying to do because they had mm-hmm. just spent the last decade trying to out Apple, Apple, and it didn't work.
0: <laughs> That's a good way of phrasing it. Yeah. So was bomber still in, in place when you were
1: there. Uh, this was windows 10. This was basically the first thing that Nadella did. Okay. I worked under Nadella for seven months. You know, not that I thought Balmer was all that spectacular in how we ran things, but the company did all right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. Nadella was was definitely the one who came in. He was data focused. He was number crunching. He was also the one who the first thing that he did when he came in was institute huge rounds of layoffs. Microsoft Mm. had not had widespread layoffs until then. Mm. So, yeah, um, they decided to uh, ditch two thirds of the testers and the last third, the rest of us got dumped into, Hey, you're now data scientists. Uh, When we had the only thing we were really good at up until then was uh, making, you know, using the product writing, you know, my specialty was writing automation that would exercise the product and find bugs in it. And so you're doing
0: scripts for the testing.
1: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't all scripts. I mean, I, I wrote uh, emulators. I wrote,
0: Uh, I I don't mean scripts as in scripting language. I mean, scripts as in the process of automated testing.
1: And I did a lot of that. Uh, the big thing that I went, did was I wrote a lot of frameworks and things for, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, harnesses, that sort of thing. But Mm -hmm. suddenly the developers, the devs, the people who up until then had been responsible for writing features only. And that was the only thing they were supposed to do is write features and fix bugs. And, They didn't have to do any more so they could focus solidly on that. And they came out with Vista and windows eight. And now they're like, oh, and by the way, you also need to be the ones responsible for testing your product. I knew Mm -hmm. this was going to be a nightmare. So,
0: yeah. Yep. I can see that. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about games and game development. So I know that I know that's, and some of the people on this podcast have small bladders. So right now we're going to take a, oh. a short break and then be right back. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Uh, so there we are. Now we're back. And, uh, you know, ba- the one of us, us that what? needed they to didn't... go use the bathroom clearly did. So we're all good. Wait, back from what? It felt like no time at all passed. It Well, it did feel like that. I I don't know about you, but I'm really fast. It takes me about two seconds to empty out my uh, my bladder. So it's it's very fast.
1: Yeah. Well, the, this robe is very absorbent, and you know, actually, I'm no, no, just ignore oh it. that's that. even faster. That's great. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. So, you wanted to talk about something a little bit more modern?
0: Uh, well, I don't know about more modern, but I did want to chat with you because, uh, you know, unlike Darren, you actually play video games. Uh, about video game and development, and it's not for it's very much topic. longer.
1: It turns out. Uh,
0: wait, what's longer? Not for very much longer, it might be. Oh, why is that?
1: It's one of the reasons that I have a rant. I Oh, oh. okay. So um, you heard me say that I'm still running Windows 8, which is technically a discontinued operating system. Now, I could give it a is. crap whether or not Microsoft is continuing to put out feature updates for the operating system because I sure as hell don't need them moving an icon four pixels to the left on my, you know, I, I don't need that. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. The operating system is running. Everything is set up the way I want. I have it locked down for security my own way. I know exactly what's going on. I have my tools that I like, I would be happy to continue using this for quite a while. And, and also because I do a tech news show, I read the, the CVEs that come out. And so I, you know, I don't recommend necessarily lots of people run without updates for a long time, but, I know when most of the really hairy issues are going to come out because I read security bullets. Okay. Problem is that, you know, now like the browser that I launched in order to run Zencaster here, when I launched it, I got a big ass banner at the top that said Chromium is going to stop working on windows eight soon. Um, I get that same banner with brave, which I guess is Chromium. I get the same banner, you know, several browsers, uh, Firefox now has a similar banner, which is not Chromium, but all of my software now is throwing up huge banners that basically says we're going
0: to, well, it's, we're not going to run on your, yeah, it, 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 it's back in the day. So what's, what, okay. Do I, do I want to know why you haven't upgraded to win 10? I thought I'd made that clear in the last hour. I mean, so it's emotional, not logical got it
1: no it's uh it has to do with the paternalism of the operating system it has to do with the fact that uh somewhere along the line microsoft adopted the we are going to push what we want into your system no matter what and people who compute nowadays are okay with that both because they're willfully moronic and about how software is supposed to work they don't want to know they just want someone managing for it's like the entire world turned into apple I don't want to know what goes on on my device. You just handle it. Well, that's not what I want. It's never been what I want.
0: Um, yeah, but you can still run Linux for I stuff, want, but you can okay. run a Windows ten for games.
1: Now, now you're getting ahead of you. Okay.
0: So,
1: and oh, by the way, I don't want to run Windows ten for games because I don't want anybody to be able to force updates on me. I want to be able to evaluate what I put on my computer. That's that's been my line for a while. And Windows eight was the last operating system that allowed me to decide when I could update and, and whether or not I could, you know, whether or you not, you can for turn example, off updating on
0: Windows 10, I'm, I'm not updating windows 10. No, but you can turn off updates in windows 10 is what I said. Well, what, what I can do is I can, you know, go into
1: make, take effort to break the service.
0: The problem. You can do with, that as well. But I mean, it has an option for you to just stop updates
1: uh, in the pro has windows an 10. option for you to defer them. But I think they'll turn it back on for you.
0: Yeah, you can defer them indefinitely, though. I, I'm
1: I'm unconvinced. But the problem with updates, and again, this is very Microsoft, but it's also pervaded the entire industry, is mm-hmm. I want security updates. It would be retarded not to take security updates. It would be retarded to say
0: well, I wasn't going to mention that. But yes, it
1: it would be retarded to say no. I would like my computer to remain vulnerable forever. What I don't want is feature updates. I don't want the new edge. I don't want you to put the fucking Cortana button back on my start menu after I've deleted it the, for the 37th time. I don't want, <laughs> I just want secure. like just patch yeah. your security holes. But Microsoft and everyone else in the world who does automatic updates, don't mm-hmm. bother making the distinction. They're like, nope we've got an update and we are so proud of this new thing we made that you're going to take it, whether it fucks your stability or not. And, and so that on, is
0: on Apple. You can selectively do updates
1: uh, on Microsoft. Windows 10, you can select which updates you want, but eventually I think it's going to force you unless you have like the enterprise version or something. I think it's going to force all of them on you. Hmm. There's nobody out there still running the, the 2016 build of windows 10 because you, can't. I would
0: hold that. Yeah, I would definitely, well, if, hope if I, not, yeah.
1: if I really liked that one and I customized it to be exactly what I wanted and I was able to keep security updates so that I was patched against threats, I don't need their new UI. I don't need their new Chrome based edge. I don't need yeah. them to be coming through. And giving me updates to software I will never use. I don't need them coming through and, you know, putting the next version of candy crush on my system or so. So,
0: What do you, have you finished the current
1: version then? No, no, actually I don't, I didn't want that one either. (laughs) So the reason why I run windows 10 is because I want it to be my computer. Now, Everybody listening to this, which right now is none, but theoretically, if you release it, then all three of the unrelenting users will pick it up uh, and maybe get this far into it. Maybe mm-hmm. um, they are screaming at me. This is why you should be running Linux. And I actually am. As of last week, I'm dual booting this Windows 8, which is still the only one that I've got the audio pipeline working. So that's what's up right now.
0: Uh, yeah. So you're you're kind of correct. Um, in this, in Windows 10 Home, you cannot disable the updates completely. In the Pro version, you can do it through policy management. You can turn off updates, so it'll treat it just as though you're a, a corporate PC that is managed by the corporate update schedule.
1: Well, when I evaluated it, this this was not. I mean, you know, quite some time ago, like but regardless, seven years ago. It doesn't probably, matter yes. now. Uh, at this point, if I switch yeah. to Windows 10. I would be doing the same thing in two years because windows 10 is going
0: completely out. Yeah. I'm not leaving windows 10. I'm staying on it forever.
1: Okay. So you have the same idea that I have, except I had the idea. I got it set up
0: just the way I want it. I don't want anything. I don't like windows 11. You're speaking
1: my mind. That's exactly why I'm still running windows eight. I got it set up exactly the way I want.
0: Yeah. But. Still, I mean that's Windows eight. Nope. I, I could see if you were doing that with Windows ten. I just don't understand why. Okay, you're Okay, well, it I was doing 8. the this
1: with Windows eight nine years ago, and people are like, "Oh, well, you should go to Windows 10. Like, no, not going to now. Mm-hmm. Now my extra decade I, at of, this
0: point, my extra Windows decade of having is a stable, a usable product. system
1: is just about up.
0: Which is yeah. why, look, I I'm sure I'll go to Windows eleven, maybe in six seven years from now.
1: Oh, see, I'm not going to.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't see, a problem. I just, I want enough time to pass so that everything gets flushed out and all the tools that I want get added, which is about six to seven years after the OS comes out.
1: So um, another bit of software that, oh, by the way, the, what you're describing is at some point, Windows 8 is not going to be functional. It's not going to be usable for me anymore. Yeah. Not because... Yeah. It stops working. In fact, everything in this system works exactly the way I want it to. But because all of these assholes out in the software company, like there, Mm -hmm. there has been a change 20 years ago when somebody said, I'm not supporting that product. What they mean is use at your own risk because you're not going to be getting any help desk from me. Mm -hmm. Now, when companies like Google come out and say, I'm not supporting that product, what they mean is they are adding code to break your experience if they detect the product they don't like.
0: Right. Right,
1: And yep. that is a, it might be a subtle distinction, but it's an asshole move and it's just something everyone does now. And yeah, there's maybe. another software company that I get a big ass banner that says, you know, fuck you, we're going to disable everything soon is every time that I launch steam, I get a big ass banner that says <laughs> your digital library is going to be remotely rendered useless in and uh, now I think it's 170 days or whatever it is, but it's been counting down. The fucking banner has been shown for, for which
0: thing steam. Yeah. But for what, which what's it going to run useless. What are you talking about?
1: I'm saying they're going to disable the steam client on windows eight.
0: Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. They Got are going yeah, that's to make a problem. it so that, that is steam
1: will not launch. Now I do yeah. not want the steam client. I don't, Fucking shot. No, You just
0: want the software itself. I don't right?
1: want steam at all. There is nothing about steam that I want on my system. What I want is for games that I have purchased and paid for and have played for a long time to work. Mm-hmm. But the problem, of course, as you well know, is that steam has DRM, which means these games will not fucking launch unless steam is running.
0: And when yeah, Steam has been a problem with Steam. When Steam yeah.
1: says, fuck you, this software will never launch after this date on your operating system, what they are really saying is unless you go and bend over for Microsoft's paternalistic bullshit, mm-hmm. we are locking you out of your entire digital library. Mm-hmm. So I have 170 something days to finish and say goodnight to every game I've ever purchased on Steam. And that's not actually uh, true. That's not actually yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, it's not actually true. The other operating system that I'm trying, you know, I'm, I'm working now to try to finally get away from Windows 8. You're finally getting a Mac. No, uh, I installed Arch. Uh, what's that, Arch? It's a Linux variant. Oh, okay. And that may be a terrible mistake. And all the people who know more things about which distros I should use might tell me, hey, don't use that. Hmm. Um, but
0: uh, yeah. we'll see. Hey, Linux has uh, hit a milestone. Uh, is Is this is, the year of Linux on the desktop finally? It is. They've finally That's hit amazing. 3%. <laughs> 3% of desktop is now Linux. It's, it's a miracle. Well, after 20 well, shit, years.
1: Microsoft's pulling. I'm not surprised. <laughs> so.
0: uh, I Look, I like Linux. I don't see anything wrong with it. I've run it on and off for many, many years. I will say in my current job capacity and my current hobbying time, I do not run any copies of Linux. Uh, The last one I ran was for Bitcoin related stuff, but I just, you know, I run the PC for games and I run the Mac for all the business shit.
1: I have a Linux machine that I've been running for about two years now, three, uh, Mm -hmm. which is running Debian. And that's Mm -hmm. where my Bitcoin node is.
0: Okay. But there you go. uh,
1: Yeah. So the one good thing that valve has done and every, Again, whenever I bring up this argument, people are like, well, Valve has been really good about making sure that games come to Linux, and that's probably true, and there is some subset, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure which ones, of my library that I might still be able to use once I move over to Linux, but there are also a bunch of games that I have paid money for, I may paid the purchase price to be able to play these indefinitely, and through no fault of my own, these software companies are conspiring to... Break my experience, and that is what infuriates me.
0: Yeah, I could see it, but also you're such a tiny minority that they you're right off. Like you're, yeah, I, I understand that. Companies. And
1: uh, you know, we had a saying in Windows, which was, uh, you know, if you break a feature for one percent of users, uh, well, Windows at the time when we were working on uh, this was Windows Seven. Windows mm-hmm. had about a two billion install base, which is a lot of damn mm-hmm. computers. Well, what's one percent of two billion? That's how many people you're fucking over. 200, yeah. 200 Do you have music playing in the background? No. Uh, one of my neighbors is running a grinder.
0: Oh, a grinder! That that's what it through? is. I was like, I, I noticed that it only pops up when you talk. Yeah. So I figured your gate has to be cutting it off the yeah. rest of the time. When when I talk, so that's a grinder. That's that's hilarious. Yeah. Well, if if anybody else has heard that, and now you know what it is. <laughs> I I definitely uh, I'm not as passionate about it as you are, but I I have similar feelings about Steam. I love the convenience of having every single game in one place. I love being able to install games on a new computer very quickly and simply out of my library. I like that Steam yeah. backs up all the data game uh, the data files, uh, so almost that,
1: everything would be forgiven if I yeah. didn't have to launch Steam just
0: to launch a game just to launch a game. Yeah. And I, I agree with that because there's certain games. You can actually bypass steam, but you have to log into the game manually. Um, but for other games, it's literally impossible to bypass steam. Yes.
1: And it depends on whether or not the game developer integrated the steam API.
0: Well, and, and yeah, and essentially like, a, I'll give you an example a game I've, I've come back to recently used to play it a lot. And then I stopped for about three years down back to it is elite dangerous and uh, they have their own launcher. So all steam does is just launch their launcher. Yeah. Well, I can launch their launcher just as easy as steam can launch their launcher. Yeah. Most, but if I do that, I have to manually log in. Whereas if I do it from steam, I click play on steam and it automatically knows who I am and launches it.
1: Most of the games I play, I don't even launch from steam. Like if I have to have steam running, the process has to be going in order for Mm -hmm. the game to work. But Mm -hmm. I'll start the thing and then I immediately kill it because I want no interaction with the steam program at all. Right. Yeah. What I do then is I go, well, again, this is one of those places that I am freaking weird. God, they're like grinding down the whole house or something. (laughs) It sounds like it. I will I run almost everything from a command line. I have at any given time like six console windows open. This is why I'm going to do OK on Linux, by the way.
0: Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Um,
1: I would be I also type very fast and I know my file system really well. so I will type you know, d games apps, whatever, and I will launch from the command line the executable for the game, which every right. one of them ultimately has to have an exE. And that's how I launched the game. I don't use steam.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, there's no, you still use it to buy games though, right? Not, or you have been on now, not
1: in the last five or six years. Once I realized that there, you know, somewhere along the line, I discovered the, the ultimate problem with digital libraries. Anything DRM is that they will eventually be shut off. It's not, they might be. That's true. Early on. I was like, Oh, if you have, they have DRM, they might be shut off. Then I realized somewhere along the line, Digital libraries will be shut off. And so I stopped buying games. I still will get games from GOG, for example. Um, I will still redeem a code for a free game or something if I find one. Mm. Uh, But I think the newest purchase that I've made on Steam was maybe Fallout 4, which I think was 2016.
0: Mm. Um, Yeah, I, I definitely still buy them on Steam. I just love the convenience of it. And while I'm annoyed that steam has to be running, uh, it's an annoyance. It's not, it's not a, uh, well,
1: it's an annoyance right up until, you know, uh, 2025 windows 10 goes out of support 2025 steam is going to start popping up a banner in your (laughs) app that says you need to move to windows 11 steam is going to stop working in so many days and it's going to start counting down every time you launch it. And then yeah, you will that, have the that, decision of going to an operating happen. system you hate or right. you lose access to your whole library.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe we'll do an episode at that point where I'll be uh, going I, through and doing what you're doing. Yeah,
1: it could be. We, like, um, in fact, we should schedule this now. We'll do an episode. Yeah, we probably in 20, should. In 2025, yeah, where I tell yes. you, I told you so.
0: Dude, the week after July 4th, 2025, we'll do an episode. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> That's uh, the make it a date. Yeah, um, But I, I'm hopeful on two counts. One is that um, Steam has been leading the charge to make games available and playable on the Mac platform.
1: And Linux, uh,
0: and I appreciate it. And that. Linux, yeah. And then two is uh, Unreal uh, had a huge announcement for at least those of us in this gaming development world that uh, they are now going to be doing native compiles in Unreal 5 for uh, the M2 chips or the M oh, series of chips. That's kind of shiny. Which means games on the Mac will run faster than they are on the newest PC platform. Considering
1: that Unreal is basically the only viable big 3D engine left after Unity imploded.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> and they've gone they've I, I mean i'm a fan of unreal i i've i've programmed in unreal oh, yeah, it's like, epic. for a decade and it's it's a good engine i've done stuff in unity as well um unity uh while is certainly usable i don't like as much well I, but the the, they, the latest features in unreal engine 5 are just amazing my understanding was that unity ended up getting sold
1: to a chinese firm who were uh who I I don't remember where I heard this rumor, but that mm. the whole engine was going to be going pay only. Oh, really? Hmm. I might have just started the rumor, but I thought I had heard it.
0: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, there's not much. So the the topic I wanted to bring up, and oh, I'm going to assume okay. that you are not a player of Star Citizen. I am not. Uh, what do what per- you? What have you heard about it? What
1: I know about it, I got from you.
0: Okay. Okay. So, Star Citizen, for people that don't know, is a game that was crowdfunded literally a decade ago, and has been in alpha for about a decade, uh, which should raise some eyebrows. Uh, but what they've done is, um, I think it's in the software industry, it in other industries, frankly, it's called feature creep. It's when a project is not stabilized, but is allowed to keep adding more and more functionality and features conceptually, where the actual production cannot keep up with the feature set that is being added. And as a result, you have a product that is unreleased and unfinished and is likely to remain in that state.
1: I just want to tell you a really, really quick side note my absolute Mm -hmm. favorite. Easter egg in Diablo two. So this is 20 years ago or so, Mm -hmm. uh, was there was like a one in 100 chance of this enemy spawning, but it was, it would show up in a pack of zombies that you were killing, you know, killing left Mm -hmm. and right. And it was a boss zombie that was unkillable and could absolutely destroy you. And the only way to do was you had to leave the area. And if you came back, he wouldn't be there. Okay. Okay. And the boss zombie was named the feature creep <laughs> or maybe no, it was, <laughs> it was the creeping feature,
0: the creeping feature. Yeah. That's good. That's it was good. That's un- somebody had some good creativity un-killable zombie called the creeping feature. Uh, huh. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, um, back in this epic, so the company that makes star citizens called CIG cloud Imperium gaming, and they were essentially the team of about 15 people that ran the Kickstarter um, this team now 10 years later this company is now at 1100 head count it's 1100 um, they has studios they have stu- they do have openings they have studios in multiple locations including Austin here where I am and I have met a number of their folks here in Austin um, the guy that was the main sort of Face of the Kickstarter is still the CEO of the company. Uh, They have, as they say, raised, as other companies would say, sold uh, over half a billion dollars worth of this game, which is still an alpha, mind you. According to everything you read on the website, this is an alpha game. Yeah, but after after Gmail was in beta for 16 years, I I feel like the alpha and
1: beta labels are kind of not meaning as much these days basically well, don't mean yes. what they meant back in you know the
0: 90s back when we were programming yeah. yes but but they i think the reason that it's an alpha perpetually is because it allows them to not be sued for things like selling things that don't exist ah uh-huh. and may never exist oh
1: yeah there there's a special like all kinds of special issues that can crop up as like
0: when people are spending real money on ships and things
1: yeah Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. so i'll tell you the little mcguffin thing that that they just walked into here which is biting him in the ass and it's going to be interesting to see what they do is so they've been selling spaceships for the game for years and years now ever since the kickstarter it's one of the ways you could crowdfund is let's say you pledge 500 dollars, you got a particular spaceship when the game's released Um, Now they have been releasing ships every year. So it's not like they haven't released anything. Currently there's about, uh, I think 110 spaceships that are, are in the game that are fully released, but the game itself is what's not finished. But, um, they, they just now added, uh, like clothes, like a, um, spacesuit basically to their online store. So that now you can spend $10 and buy a spacesuit. But this is where the problem comes in is that like, there's nothing wrong with that. Tons of games sell clothing items, right? Sure. Uh, Oblivion had horse armor. There you go. Here's where this is a problem is in its current version. They have recently, meaning this year, the beginning of the year, they added this thing called persistence. Persistence means that an item in the game is a, unique item and it it's not a temporary item meaning let's say i go and i mine some rocks and i get a crate of rocks that i mine i can take that crate flight in the spaceship land on some random planet or moon walk 200 yards place that crate there go back in my spaceship and leave and that crate will be there Indefinitely at that location. Okay. Until either I come back and pick it up or somebody else stumbles across it and picks it up and does something with it. So everything in the game is now, quote unquote, persistent. So I can steal your creative rocks. You can, but guess what else you can steal? Like, let's say you shoot me and I'm wearing an armor that I just bought for $10. Oh. And you can now steal that armor. That's, that's
1: game design. That's a game design decision. If, if you can take away (coughs) things
0: that people paid for. So the way they do it with spaceships is you can never really lose a spaceship you bought with real money, because if it gets destroyed or stolen, you can file an insurance claim and get it back in roughly half an hour, you know, anywhere between 10 minutes and two hours, depending on the size of the spaceship. So you never really lose it. They don't have the same mechanic for smaller items like Whoa. guns, armor, you know, things that are not vehicles, basically. And all that stuff is totally lootable. So <clears throat> I don't, people are up in the arms saying, do you realize what you just did to all the new players that are coming in? And they're like. Oh, I want to have a nice suit of armor so I don't have to go out. And Well, in this game, the, it's a space suit. The, it's not a suit of armor, but same idea.
1: The people who are coming from Xbox and PlayStation where you know, you, your Call of Duty special right. patch on your thing that you paid for or even something you got from an achievement is yours permanently. Even yeah. if you want to install the game exactly. and reinstall
0: it or create a new character. Installs. Exactly. Yeah. And they put it on and, and they go into this game that. and they're a noob. And they inevitably die because this game does have a lot of death. And then they wake up in the in a hospital wearing a hospital robe. And they go, okay, well, how do I get this off? They figured that out. Then they look in their inventory for their armor and it's gone. Or their spacesuit. I keep saying armor, but same difference. There are going to be a lot of pissed off people. There's like, wait a minute, I paid 10 bucks for this and it took me one hour to lose it. This is bullshit. Cause you know what yeah. definition of gambling is? That's pretty damn close to it. Uh, so wow, this okay. is turning the game into a gambling game. So now their answer to this is a, it's not a release game. So everything is subject to change oh. and you will never lose items. You purchase, you will always have them in the released game. Okay. I was going to say how many it, years away from that?
1: Calling it an alpha is not going to protect them. If they're going up against online gambling
0: yeah. laws. Yeah. Well, and they did two things here. They, they, they're sticking with their alpha thing. I think that's purely based on legal and they've moved the company from the United States to the UK. And a lot of people think it's because, well, he's British. He wants to be closer to his family. Bullshit. The reason they left the United States is because they know legally they're going to be sued into oblivion if they stay here, given their business processes. So
1: they're worried about being sued into oblivion by a mm-hmm. government with an opp- oppressive legal structure and authoritarian tendencies so they mm-hmm. leave the US and go where again
0: <laughs> to the UK right <laughs> well in the UK there are slightly bigger fish in a small pond because uh, there are programs that that yeah that, that means just they take advantage of that just means in being a pockets. game studio there it does it does um so and also the EU has lots more regulations around gaming than yeah uh the united states. that yeah, I've been reporting on uh, I the the
1: kinds of things that the EU passes just are you know a lot of them are on their face support consumers. <clears throat> but Yeah, they sound just, good. They sound yeah. good. They have great propaganda uh, attached mm-hmm. to them. And some of them even do help the consumers in some way. And I always look at this, you know, first of all, every single one of them is the kind of thing that is anathema to the idea of a free culture because they're saying totally, but, but even beyond that, you look at this and go, I can see all kinds of unintended consequences. And I don't even see Mm -hmm. that much evidence that they're unintended.
0: I'll give you an example of an idea of a EU regulation that I really like, even though it's anti free, you know, business, which is the new requirement for all phones. To have USB C connectors. Yes. I want my freaking iPhone to have USB C and I've been bitching about that ever since it doesn't have one. And you know, the only reason Apple isn't putting USB C on there is because they can sell more cables that cost less than a buck to make. And I paid $29 to buy. I'm
1: not convinced that that's the only reason,
0: but I'm but sure. I think it's a huge financial reason I'm sure for they're them being, doing, it. you know,
1: no, I'm, what I'm saying is I bet if I, you know, had access to the Cupertino, uh, I could find an engineer who would be able to spell out the exact technical reasons why this, the lightning connector is superior and the USB-C doesn't allow them to do some feature that they think would be better for consumers. Yeah, well,
0: he'd be smoking crack because they've had USB-C on their iPads now for several years. Well, and they work it, perfectly it, fine. It would be a lot of spin, but there'd also be the argument. Yeah. I'm just saying that there's probably a technical when, excuse. When they introduced Lightning and USB was at best on 2.0, there were good arguments for it. Uh, Today, I think it's been, there's been no arguments for several years. It's almost like they're just waiting to liquidate their inventory (laughs) before making the switch. But I think everybody knows they will eventually. It's just a question of when. And now that we have a a EU regulation, it would be crazy for them to make two physically different versions of the iPhone. One with USB for, for uh, USB-C for Europe, and then one for the rest of the world. I mean, They could. I just don't see them doing it. I think they'll take the opportunity to say that, you know, come up with a whole list of benefits that Apple now has done by putting in USB-C. In fact, they could maybe even put in Thunderbolt, not just USB-C, and talk about how they're the only phone that has Thunderbolt in it and how awesome that is. So I don't know why it would need it, but whatever. In
1: general. Whenever somebody proposes that a government step in and make do a regulation to fix some kind of consumer harm that is going on, my initial reaction is always that this is unnecessary, and if you just let the free market work, it will correct that. Uh, The reason why it can't work with Apple is straight up. Apple has a monopoly. They work very hard to keep a monopoly on the market for these devices. It's one of the reasons why I stay out of the market for these devices. Uh, An hour ago, I was bitching very loudly about discord. Um, Apple is exactly the same thing. It is a space where there is only one possible vendor, only one set of people who are going to tell you what it's Mm -hmm. like i don't want to play in that space that's why i don't have an Mm -hmm. apple device Uh,
0: yeah and i i generally agree with that but i also really like the ecosystem the
1: yes but imagine for a moment if uh the european parliament were more savvy and at least had heard of the concept of freedom a little bit or or you know thought that If if they really wanted to help the consumer, here's what I would recommend instead. Um, Break up Apple's monopoly on the ecosystem. Now, that might mean forcing them to publish specs. It might mean, uh, you know, do not allow them to lock in the app ecosystem or the, the store to only their hardware. Uh, it might mean separate the hardware from the operating system, so the operating system can plug in different devices. Something that allows competition in the space of handsets, and somebody out there would come up with a USB-C version, and you wouldn't have to go all authoritarian and step in and say, "Apple, you have to well,
0: change they, your." They design. did that once, so I don't know if you remember, um, but they did that in the late '80s. So after. Jobs was ousted. They started a um, a third party compatible device program. Who started? Apple did. Okay. And so, starting with the late eighties through the early nineties, uh, you could buy a Macintosh that was made by Apple, or you could buy a Macintosh compatible computer. And there were a couple of companies, and I'm. I'm Blanking out on their names, but there were two main ones that kind of rose out of that uh to prominence. That was a fully Apple supported compatible computer. Okay. And here's what happened. They were significantly better than the Apple products. Okay. And all the people that were using Apple's like for video production, audio production, for commercial purposes, graphic design, they all migrated off the Apple platform. Onto these new devices, because these guys would release, um, more frequently yeah. than Apple does. That's called they competition. They would have, yeah, That's they would have capitalism. more features. Free market. And, and they made ultimately better designed products. So if you took them apart, the Apple one looked neat. These looked practical.
1: And in a but, free market, that sort of pressure. Yeah would force Apple to improve their product to make things that people want. However, in a regulatory capture market, what they do is Apple will discontinue the program. That's exactly what happened. That locks it down to their hardware only, reduce consumer choice, and ultimately Mm -hmm. make it worse for everybody except Apple. Of course, the monopolists want to continue their monopoly.
0: (laughs) That's absolutely what happened. So I think these products were out for about five, six years, maybe. And, uh, and then Apple once again, changed their minds, went back to a lockdown system where they make both the hardware and the software. They weren't willing to just be the software company. Um, and it's hard to say who made the decision. I will certainly say. I think the board directors me on behalf of the the uh, stockholders.
1: Apple uh, made the decision. Certainly,
0: well, Apple, yes, Apple. Apple, Apple but who is Apple? Le- the corporation who- is
1: legally a person, and therefore, we need to hold the corporation. Responsible. But that
0: person doesn't make independent decisions. By, by the way, the decisions are fix, made by the board.
1: You want to fix ninety-five percent of the bullshit that's wrong with corporations today? Eliminate corporate personhood. Make it so that Go on. Uh, uh, make it so that an executive of the company can be personally held liable for whatever the corporation does, and you will see corporations start to improve their behavior real fucking fast.
0: Oh, that's true. That is true. But also, you would I think you would stifle a lot of uh, corporate risk taking.
1: What corporate risk taking? The innovation you know, always like- happens in small
0: startups, and then they get bought by corporations. That's not risk taking. Yeah, Well, small corporations are still corporations. You know, if you start a, well, shit, dude, like the little, the company that I started with, uh, with Adam that eventually never went anywhere, you know, that was a corporation. It's like, are are you you saying you wouldn't have done it? If, uh, if, if there was personal liability on me for a, a million dollar Kickstarter to deliver a product that people expected hell, no, absolutely would not have done it. I don't need that kind of risk. I don't need to get sued by people that think that the product was supposed to do one thing because they saw Adam talking about it. And then it didn't do that one thing. It did something different.
1: Well, my position still stands. I think corporations should not be legally treated as people because among other things, uh, you can't throw a corporation in jail and they'll never die.
0: Well, you can, and this I've talked about. um, And uh, so if you, if you actually put, uh, just two good old boys on the replay list. And you'd hear some of this stuff, but uh, I talked about well, how do we fix that? Right. How do we put a corporation in jail? Well, there is a way to do it. You put the executives uh, in jail. It, no, no, not, not even that. No, you put all the, the, shareholders the corporations in jail, every one have them. a, Oh my God. No <laughs> corporations have a charter. You get the charter from the state. So you're not a legal Entity and not a person without that charter. So what what the government can do if the corporation is found guilty of doing some evil deed is to temporarily revoke the charter, not to dissolve the corporation, so the stockholders don't lose all their equity in the business. Everything stays the same. You can't do business. You can't do any business until your charter is reinstated. So it is a financial punishment to the corporation. Absolutely. But it is not a liquidation of the corporation. I don't think anybody wants to give the government the power to just say, uh, you know, we, we found that uh, company X, pick your company, whatever, uh, did something bad. So now we're going to liquidate the company and take it over as the government and then do a fire sale on it. I don't want that. I don't think most people want that. But can the government or should the government be able to say, hey, Pfizer, you fucked up. Guess what? You are not allowed to sell your pills in the United States for the next three months of any of your pills, any products that you sell, you're not allowed to sell them for the like, next three Why months. are
1: you talking over me? Oh, cause I'm muted. Uh, it, if, if Apple, if you try to do this to Apple, first of all, I don't even think mm-hmm. you can, but because of what I'm about to say, but you do this, say you've got a company in Austin, that is doing awful things and the state of Texas Mm -hmm. comes down and says, uh, we find you guilty of this. We are going to tell you, you can't do business. Then Mm -hmm. if I'm running that company, the first thing I do is I willingly shut down the company and sell all of the assets of the company to this new shell company. I'm founding somewhere else away from Texas. Mm -hmm. And then that new company is now, you know, uh, operating under the same name, but a different jurisdiction and does exactly the same thing. Where's the punishment?
0: Well, I, I think you have to go. I mean, well, maybe when I said, don't let them sell the products, I I'm being too narrow in that because what I mean is without the charter, you can't conduct business, which means you can't sell assets either. Like the company is frozen effectively. What What are we doing with all that billions of dollars of Russian money that the EU is trying to steal and give themselves. I don't know. They're
1: not giving it to me.
0: It's frozen. It's they're not giving anybody any of it. It's, it's frozen. Russia can't use it because the EU didn't like what Russia did. And they said, Hey, by the way, that money you kept in those UK banks, uh, we're not saying we're going to steal that money, but we're also saying you can't touch it.
1: Well, I know they also, I also know that they keep trying to come up with excuses that, Oh, absolutely! So, like, we'll they're trying to legitimately it to steal, steal it. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, it, it, it won't totally be legitimate. That. But what they're trying to do is come up with like, what is the right spin we can put on this that will right. allow us to steal it
0: without really pissing? Well, did off you hear the it. latest one? The latest one that they're going to do? No. They're going to they're they're going to start imposing fines that will be automatically paid from those <laughs> frozen funds, and so and and, and the fines are. You know, they're arbitrary bullshit fines, but their idea is like, well, that's something that we can do right now. They're
1: just heating up the frog.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's all that's happening. But they're also suiciding because every other country, and I'm looking at you, Saudi Arabia, is going to be going, "Uh, they don't really like us a whole lot either. If it wasn't for all this oil that we're pumping out, maybe we should take our trillions of dollars that we've put in those banks that the Royal family holds oh, if elsewhere.
1: Only. I mean, not that I want the economic destruction of the United States or of the Western countries, but if that's well, yeah, what it takes <laughs> to release the grip of these absolutely corrupt cabals that have taken over, let's yeah. do that. <laughs> I'd rather well, be I was free listening more than live a slave. I know I'm, I'm yeah. unusual. I know that I am almost unique amongst Americans who are, would be much happier if they just, oh, well, you know, let me live my life and depress me all you want as long as I get my Netflix.
0: Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot more of of those people here in Texas than where you're at.
1: Oh, the, where I'm at, they're all woke. They all think yeah, that everything I mean. is going great. <laughs> they're like, uh, you know, government uh, control of all industry. Bring it on. Then the state mm-hmm. can come and, and give us our daily rations and we'll be thrilled.
0: That's right. It's it's the as I was listening to Andrew Tate's interview with Tucker yesterday, uh, it and I talked a lot more about it on uh, just a good old boys podcast uh, that I recorded earlier today. But I didn't listen to that one. I know, but the, you, you you know you can add that to the stream, and then you you will hear the episode tomorrow. But um, much like I said there, I think if you watch that interview that Tucker did with uh, Tate, I basically said Tate for president. I mean, the guy is throwing uh wisdom and truth around like there's Mm -hmm. no tomorrow and he is definitely being railroaded there's no other way to put it he he's not guilty of the things that u.s media you already said he's throwing
1: truth around of course he's being railroaded
0: yeah yeah totally railroaded but that's that's the thing is uh, when when you have media that is aggressively working on propaganda for the state, you know, you're in the final phases of an empire.
1: Yeah. Well, we've had that for seven, eight years now, at least. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, Obama, possibly. Yeah. I was going to say since Obama.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. He was, <clears throat> he was really the last American dictator, uh, that, uh, pushed us over the edge into the, uh, dissolution of the empire.
1: Yeah. Uh, to I mean, use it's, the Roman it's analogy. Fun to watch it in real time. I just wish I didn't have to live it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There is, there is a guilty pleasure for sure aspect, but living it has a price, yeah. a cost to pay. And,
1: and I absolutely feel like I'm behind enemy lines. Like whenever. Mm-hmm. I Well,
0: especially where you live.
1: Whenever I look outside and see somebody walking up the, the sidewalk with a fucking diaper on their face in 2023 (laughs) and walking past the black lives matter sign in my neighbor's yard. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's dystopia, man. I mean, it, it, that is, uh, it's an, it's a world where people are living in a world created by propaganda and ignoring the actual real world around them. Well, they don't uh, even there have been a numerous movies on this topic where people are essentially told that the world is gloom and dark and there's nuclear rain outside, and then by the end of the movie, our protagonist manages to escape and realizes the world is clean and beautiful.
1: I mean, we're yeah. We're living in the one where uh everybody has is being suppressed because they're everybody is stuck in the same virtual reality world. It's just all of the sci-fi will have you, you know, like the full sensory VR kit where you sit in a chair or something. We've definitely miniaturized that because now <clears> the yeah. virtual reality that has us all trapped fits in your palm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and people just like, like I said,
0: the And what did the Apple just come out with?
1: I I don't know. I don't pay attention to Apple.
0: Well, you cover tech news. Oh. Come on, you know what they came out with.
1: Um. Oh yeah. The one that requires a, a prescription and a custom fitting and
0: yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a, a $4,000 best in the world VR headset.
1: But it's still a VR headset. <laughs> it's,
0: it, it is a VR headset, but it is um, 16,000 pixels. I don't it's see this super high resolution. And the reason is that. I think it's like, it's like every Apple product. When it first comes out, you never want to buy Gen 1. Well, I didn't see a lot of the
1: things that apple created succeeding and then they did so i'm probably not the right person iphone ipod yeah i don't you know believe it or not i don't cover well i don't cover product releases on my show anyway because i feel like uh there's enough tech news that just cover press releases so I don't like to cover press releases, and I don't like to cover product announcements yeah. or anything. And your show is called Grumpy Old Tech News. It's called Angry Tech News. Right, um, right. I, right. I, I would go along with your joke, but I want people to be able to find it. My show is called Angry
0: Tech <laughs> News. <laughs> well, I wanted to give you the the uh, <laughs> the ability to fix that and yeah. in, in real time. So that's good. Yes. Yeah. It, it's uh, well, and you know you you always remind me cause you have a, sl- a fairly similar speech pattern to a guy that has a YouTube channel called the angry astronaut.
1: <laughs> okay. But I the
0: atmosphere. R- right. Well, neither is he. Oh, well, he, he doesn't even work in the industry, like, but he's, he like has an opinion. He has an opinion and he is, uh, he, he gets quite upset at things that Boeing is doing quite frequently. I believe that. So it's fun to watch.
1: Um, well, you know, I live, like within three miles of yeah, 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 plant in Everett.
0: Yep, yeah, which is another example fact, of a once great American company yes, gone it, to It shit. was
1: absolutely amazing. Like for for quite a while, every single seven thirty seven and seven forty seven that was ever made, mm-hmm. I got to watch it first.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, You know, like the first flight would go, well, it did not quite right overhead. Thank God but, Mm -hmm. but I could see every like watching a seven thirty seven with no markings on it is a pre-normal thing.
0: Yeah. Like before
1: they painted it for the airline
0: and not just because you live next area, uh, 51. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't,
1: I don't cover releases. I have not covered the VR thing. My thoughts on this VR headset are that, Apple might actually, they might get past one of the main blockers of the VR stuff, which is that you look like a fucking fool because yeah. they've made something that basically looks like an oversized set of Ray-Bans.
0: Yeah. But it, it's, or I would say a ski mask. Yeah, but it, yeah, it does. It looks like ski goggles. I, the thing that's creative that is serves no technical purpose, but it's absolutely could be a game changer. We don't know yet uh, it, is the fact that they put, OLED panels on the front of it and cameras inside and are projecting your eyes on the outside of the device. I, so to people around you, it looks like you're looking around. You have eyeballs.
1: And and I can't wait to find out the long-term effects of using that too much.
0: Mm, <clears throat> yeah, I guess there might be some. There might be some. I'm, I'm not a fan of those. I've never been a fan, but predominantly for the reason of resolution. Oh, I, I, I just believe- found them. And just not having enough resolution. Yeah,
1: And, and I've, I've enjoyed the, the resolution of every screen going way, way up and, and novice programmers who are like, yep, I'm 22. Yep. And therefore I think this two point font is perfect. Right. Uh, right. Exactly. As I'm getting older.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm, a, I'm at that point as well, where now I'm not necessarily sticking with the one-to-one fonts like I don't, I, two point is an exaggeration, but certainly there are real world, plenty of people using well, eight points. And I'm like, no, let's use 12 points.
1: Yeah. I, I have, I have one particular app, which is hard coded to six point, And I have to pull out the magnifier and the magnifier app mm-hmm. in windows. Um, but the, the bigger problem and the one that's a, a much, you know, is a much bigger problem is no matter what point size you do, if you, measure your font size by pixels, then you are absolutely screwing over everybody with a a retina display or whatever, Mm -hmm. because 12 pixels high on a a modern iPhone is still impossible to read. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They're, they're doing, uh, anywhere between 212 and 360 pixels per inch. Yeah. So the, the, the old definition of a pixel just doesn't stand yes. out.
1: And I have, I still have plenty of old software that does not adapt to the higher resolution. Mm. I have, I have three monitors, and two of them are still bog standard nineteen twenty by 1080 24 inch mm. monitors, and the one in the middle is four K at approximately the same physical dimensions. So, if I want to run one yeah. of those small apps, I definitely have to put it onto the side monitor.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I and I've got a, um, okay, um, Uh-oh. I've got a a four K forty seven inch screen on the PC, and I've got a four K forty three inch screen on the Mac, and then I've got a couple of twenty seven inch monitors on the PC on the sides of that screen as well. So I, I'm surrounded literally on three sides by monitors where I'm sitting here um bathing in the uh in the radiation yes. as it were
1: well but you know when you need it's when you need all that vitamin D and you don't want to go outside You
0: just i know that's exactly it like that, cuz it's freaking hot outside it's, so you know
1: it's probably warmer where you are
0: it's 110
1: uh that's warmer than it is here uh here I would hope is, so. what is it currently 76 degrees oh that's nice and 76 that's degrees nice, inside sure. because air conditioning isn't really a thing
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. No, it's like 78 here inside and 110 outside.
1: Well, I, I, I'm i still getting my sweat on.
0: Uh-huh.
1: It probably doesn't good help stuff, that man. I podcast from a lazy boy.
0: There's nothing wrong with lazy boys. I prefer a nice, comfy chair, like an office chair, but nothing wrong with lazy boy. Uh, there's a couple things
1: wrong. It's not the best ergonomics, but it is... It is real nice for talking for, for talking, no, for talking, it's fine for coding, for example, not so
0: much. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't you have a standing desk like every other developer? I I wish. Uh, you you get one at Ikea for dirt cheap.
1: I'm on a podcast. If we
0: lived closer, I could send you mine. I've got an extra one in the garage. I'm
1: on a podcaster salary. Dirt cheap is, is relative.
0: (laughs) I think they're literally down to like 200 bucks. I now.
1: also have so much frigging clutter in this house. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what, one of
0: the reasons That's a different issue
1: when, when we started podcasting, uh, I just pretty much just stuck the microphone out. And uh, a couple of weeks in, I said uh, to Darren I said, should I be treating this room somehow? Or, you know, cause there's a, there's a, for example, a blank wall behind the microphone, but mm-hmm. He said, no, I'm not hearing any echoes. You sound fine. So your room is apparently treated well enough. And I look around and like, I didn't put any fancy stuff on the walls. There's just that much clutter. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. As long as the clutter is non-metallic, it's probably going to absorb some. sound.
1: And I'm sure I've been absorbing plenty of it.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that some extent there's plenty that the human body will absorb as well. But you're, um, Your main, well, your head's going to be blocking a lot of it from bouncing. Yeah. Because your mouth is close to the microphone.
1: Uh, not that close with this. re This RE320 is so forgiving. Um, I'm probably seven, eight inches away.
0: Really? I'm usually about an inch, inch and a half.
1: Well, if I were in an actual chair and sitting up, I would be, but I, Mm. I would have to readjust the boom arm to come down and then I'd Mm -hmm. be bumping my head into it when I set up.
0: Yeah, but, you know, they're movable. I don't understand. You can move the boomer. I don't get it. Uh Uh-huh. It's a thing. wow. Wow. Learn something new every day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it's just perma-stuck right out of the wall in a straight line to your face.
1: So we're pushing up on the two-hour mark. Is there anything else you want to have to get to?
0: No, I was going to say, I was going to start wrapping up because I I think we're we're doing good. We covered some topics. I'm sorry. Let me be more subtle. How do you usually end these shows? Um. (laughs) there's really not a format. I know you've never heard one of these, so it's hard for you to know, but uh, there's not really a format. I mean, uh, the the whole point of unrelenting is it's, it's the Seinfeld of podcasting. It's a show about nothing with no particular topic and no agendas. So we, we literally show up with no notes and we just talk about whatever happens to come up to either person for whatever reason. Uh, Usually talk with Darren. It seems to lately be, there's a lot more health conversation about, different drugs and different ailments and whatnot happens, and uh, we did yeah yeah and and i think some people enjoy that other people think it's stupid but clearly with you it's definitely been more technically leaning well and I, I do with him because he, he's a total is more technically new but technology so every, uh yeah it, i mean i'm, I'm just lucky kind of, he knows how to push a button it's
1: kind of refreshing to be able to come without notes and just talk about stuff. I I don't know if it makes mm-hmm. a more interesting show or not, but both of well, my it does shows, for the people on the show. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. Both of the shows that I do, both ATN and, mm-hmm. and Grumpy Old Benz, both of them, I come having done quite a bit of research uh, about topics mm-hmm. that I want to cover. Yeah, and you know the, the Grumpy Old Benz I do uh, a lot more political stuff, but it usually has some kind of tech mm-hmm. intersection and atn i try to stay away from politics i'm not very good at that but i try Mm -hmm. and uh try to bring just i mean i'm not going to do press releases and i'm not going to do oh product launch and i also don't do rumors which means Mm -hmm. you know what's left the things that i find interesting and think are valuable which tends to be a lot of security news um i i don't i don't just report on breaches anymore because there's so damn many of them i didn't want to for everyone but they happen <laughs> and if a breach really impacts people mm-hmm. uh, you know i really like uh corporate malfeasance from silicon valley that's a, a pet topic of mine i'm sure people are sick of by now but they never stop
0: and yeah they they you can just cover that and have plenty of topics to talk about
1: it, it pretty much is half of every show
0: <laughs> so tell the people once again that if they're listening to this, because it's on the Unrelenting uh, stream, and uh, where can they find your podcast?
1: I I have two. One I do with Darren O'Neill called Grumpy Old Bens, uh, which was a a precursor. It was the warm up to Unrelenting. It was uh, you know we got all the things wrong so that Unrelenting could do it right. And uh, mm-hmm. I do that mm-hmm. with Darren O'Neill on Wednesdays at on the Noah Agenda stream at. No Agenda Time, which I guess would be 11 a.m. left coast. Uh, the other mm-hmm. show that I do, um, I do live on Tuesdays at the same time, but you don't have to listen live because it's a nice short show. Uh, it's
0: cool. Why are you doing that one live? That doesn't make any
1: sense. I do it live in order to force myself to do it. Oh, okay. I, I do it live so that if I have could,
0: a... I figured you were doing it like Sunday nights or something and just uploading it later. No,
1: I actually do it live on Tuesdays. And the reason I do it live on Tuesdays hmm. is so that... I have a deadline and a timetable to force myself to do it because when I wasn't doing it live every once in a while, something would come up and I'd be like, eh, nobody's really listening. I can push this out to Wednesday. Actually, I can push it to Thursday. Mm -hmm. I can. And then suddenly a week goes by and I didn't do one. So, uh, it, it is for me and I don't care if you listen live to that one or not, but it's a, it's a much shorter show that is just pure tech news, but it's not. Just news because everything I do is opinion. I have opinions on everything. Yes. Um, And that's called angry tech news. I had somebody ask me once said, uh, said, wait, you do two shows. One of them is grumpy and one of them is angry. You sound like a very unhappy person. I said, have you looked at the world outside? Yeah. My superpower. Uh, It it makes sense. My superpower is getting cranky with people doing bad Hmm. things.
0: You got, you do have uh, you do have a little bit of that constanza thing going on.
1: I'm good at it and it's not like, I mean, you know, I, I tell uh, people that's my secret. I'm good always, that
0: you found like, your superpower.
1: I, the other thing is something, you know, on grumpy old Ben's, we determined that that was what people wanted. So I kind of cultivated it, which might not be great for yeah. my blood pressure. But.
0: Well, and people like drama as much as people say they don't like drama. They ultimately are drawn to drama, which is also, I think why the, um, episodes that have the most disagreements on them tend to work the best.
1: And so you bring me on because you want to agree with everything I say. We, we've never disagreed. I know
0: we've done that. We, we've done this before. Never we had. are the most, two most agreeable people you yeah, could ever imagine. We've never
1: had a topic we disagreed on. And so when you bring me on, it's not
0: going to be a good show. It's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm not expecting much. I have low hopes for low expectations for that. Yeah, that's good. But I did want to give Darren, uh, a week off, uh, to, you know, recuperate from his pretend yes. mouth sees that he's got. And, uh, and yet, you know, with and both of us not having had a show, I figured, well, this is good. Let's kill two birds with one stone. Works for me. Cool. All right, man. That's it. We done. Yay! Now Darren can slap and the music and all that good stuff from, in there. Uh, I'll give him something to coast. do. Sorry. That's
1: my, my yeah. saying out from the other one.
0: From where? the American left coast. Yeah, my,
1: my sign out now is, is, uh, from America's left coast where it is now safe to turn off your computer.
0: I don't get it. How's that? That's a, that's what How's windows says
1: when you tell it to shut down and it turns for a while. Oh, it's it now to. safe it is to turn now, off your, now co- safe okay, okay. To turn
0: off your computer. That's good. Yeah. Okay. You have to explain it to me. I did. But, I did. You know. Well,
1: and if I have to explain it to you, I probably have to explain it to everyone else. And they're all confused when I yeah. use it, but I don't care.
0: I all don't right. Podcast yeah, for
1: listeners. Work. I podcast for me.
0: That's true. I do as well. And I think it's pretty, pretty uh, evident. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening guys. Hopefully Darren will feel better and both of our shows will return back to having a
1: recharge and he will come back out of the gate swinging or something. Remember to duck.